You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Okay, one week away from our big episode, Spectacular Taylor. Um, We're one week away. We've just started doing recordings with all our guests, and uh, we still don't know how long the episode's going to be. And it means I'm going to be all messed up recording this episode, like the time we (laughs) had multiple interviews in one day, and I was all backwards and upside down, so... We'll yes, well, every, everything we've done so far, Taylor, hasn't happened yet. Just think of it that way. <laughs> Nothing's happened. <laughs> I'll try this to keep that straight. Yeah, this is an episode <laughs> from the past. No, this, this week we've got some new release movies that just came into the theaters to talk about. Um, I believe you're reviewing The Invitation. I do yes, but uh, Mike, I hate to break it to you. I don't think you used the right um, still on our social medias. That's not the movie I watched. <laughs> Whatever oh, okay. you shared, that was not what I've seen. So. I, I got it off one of the promotion sites, and it just said, "Oh, it's promotional picture for the invitation." But I guess but there, I might, me, I, there might I, be other movies. I was going to say, I wonder. I feel like there was another movie a couple years ago called The Invitation. Called The Invitation, yeah. But okay, anyways, well. I I'm watching the new one, the twenty twenty two, the one that is currently in theaters. Yeah. Come up, come up with better names, people. Um, yeah, Pretty and much. then I'm. <laughs> I'm going to review whatever the heck I saw. <laughs> just before we jump in, Mike, they were calling it The Bride. And then at the end of production, I guess they changed it to The Invitation. The Bride oh. probably would have been a better name. I wonder why honest. they decided to do that. Yeah, I don't know. That's I, odd. Yeah, that's yeah. very strange that they would make the decision. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that does happen. I'm, I'm Movies go through production and they decide for, usually it's for marketing reasons that they're wrong about to name it differently. But yeah, I guess I got the wrong still. Um, so I'm going to find out a lot about this movie uh, today. Um, and I forgot the name of the movie that I saw, but it was The 3,000 Years of Longing. Uh, that was With brought Tilda up last Swinton. week. Tilda Swinton. Idris Elba. I'm going to review that movie. No um, lions? No beasts in this one? Uh, Maybe? There are some beasts. <laughs> yeah, there are some. There are some. Yes, there are some animals. There are some CGI animals. For people who um, may have missed our last couple yes. <laughs> episodes, Atris Elba is also in a movie about a lion that's in theaters right now. Right now, so, yeah. So confusing, but yeah. this is not the lion-specific movie. No, no, he does not punch a lion uh, in the movie I saw. Um, so we're going to review those, and we're going to get to a couple fan questions and just kind of go through this week pretty normal but we are like we're both getting really excited i think for for next week's uh episode and again as i said because we don't know like fans who are listening right now on cfrc you're probably going to get multiple parts like one week will be part one and the next week will be part two and then the podcasters might get one big episode like it'll all kind of depend um upon how we end up doing but we've got that coming up and then um i don't know if I think this is confirmed. Well, I'm going to say it so it's as confirmed as anything. But Nicole's coming back for a TIFF uh, discussion to talk about the Toronto International Film Festival. So that's another cool thing we've confirmed with her. But I think we we did. 
her. We will. Wait, hey, she always comes on the show. Oh we yeah, gotta, like it's let's a just make it official. It's a standing <laughs> invitation. We're gonna as talk about as Tiff. She, as long as she has seen Tiff movies, and even if she yes. hasn't seen any of the Tiff movies, now we'll bring her on can, anyway. <laughs> she can come on and yeah. chat about it. Yeah, Which so is pretty good. The yeah. week after our special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a pretty good. Um, month that we'll get for for movie stuff here. If you're new to the podcast, you're just kind of finding us on CFRC. Like we're we're going to be doing a lot of fun movie content stuff in September, and then we'll you know just in time for the good October releases, we'll be back to reviewing um, all the new movies. But TIFF's great because it kind of gives us a little bit of a preview of what we're going to be seeing come award season. Yeah. So the big, fun. the actual good movies. <laughs> <laughs> except, yeah. except, uh, Nicole really hyped Titan, and we hated that movie. Really? Do you did not we? remember that? Did you watch um, Titan? The one yes, with the I car. Did. That's the one with I the car, it. and and it. the guy's son dies, and he tries to adopt the lady, kind of. But thinks it's a boy. Thinks it's a boy. Thinks he, she's many a boy. Dances. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Yes, I remember that movie. Yeah, no, that was not good. That was not good. Now <laughs> that, that you, was, I, <laughs> you remind me I'm of pretty it, sure that was from TIFF 2021, and we did not like that one. So no, they're not no. all good. <laughs> they're, not always, they're not always a see it. Um, but yeah, we've got kind of a lot of cool things to talk about today. Uh, we have two fan questions, um, and we'll get into those now, but they have kind of multiple parts to them. Um, so first comes from Tyler Vance, who you will be hearing from uh, more next week uh, on our big episode. So it says, hey, uh, hello, Taylor and Mike. I was listening to your last two streaming only podcasts and I hear you. I hear your cries for there are no interesting movies playing in theaters this month. I hear your laments <laughs> over the big screen misses that pull you off the couch and onto the streets. Indeed, I hear your voices echoing through the vicious month that we provide the dark, one of the darkest on record. I hear all those things, but do you know what I haven't heard yet? You review the best film of the summer that is still playing at the screening room, as well as other independent theaters throughout Ontario, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. The glorious little mockumentary is about a small anthropomorphic shell who goes on a quest to find missing family members. And it's the stuff that dreams are made of. It's funny, tragic. It's got some of the most profound dialogue I've heard in films in years. And it features the best use of a tennis ball yet encountered by mortal man. If either of you feel the urge to get back there into the world um, with pinched backs and sudden onset illness that allow it, then I can fully recommend Marcel the shell with shoes on. Sincerely, the scientist with orthopedic shoes on, Vance. (laughs) P.S. I also saw a persuasion on Netflix this week. Not a fan. Run. Don't walk away from that nonsense. So that's from Tyler Vance. Yeah, so the independent movie theater near me just got that movie. Like, I've seen some previews for it here and there, but the, um, the... shell one just is just coming this week so i can finally see it um i didn't know if it was going to be good or not but tyler clearly likes it it's do you remember several years ago now it was um youtube shorts like very so marcel the shell with no shoes on with shoes on 
has been around for, I want to say at least a decade, but maybe like it was one of those, like one of the first viral videos. So they've built upon the viral moment and now they've come back and made a full movie mockumentary. So do you not remember that, Mike? Is this not no, bells? it's really not. Like I remember seeing I've seen a few of the, the previews and I thought, well, that's a weird movie. And no, and kind of no sense memory. Like you don't remember there was like two or three shorts made. And again, like I think we were in like I was in university when it came out. So at least. Yeah, like I want to say 10 years. No, yeah, eight, eight years old. Anyways, I I thought it looked a little bit um, too cutesy for my taste, but Tyler likes it, so maybe that's uh take take his review with a grain of salt. I'm only kidding, well, that's Tyler. The thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Tyler Vance, that could be a, a glowing recommendation that we're or happy the... here, or it's another enemy. Or any of the other movies where we're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, but is this, this is more, I would say, having, because it was like a viral sensation, I think this is probably a good Tyler review. <laughs> mm. Like, the average moviegoer will enjoy this movie. But I just thought, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't dying to see this one. But hey, that's a pretty good review. So maybe I will try to. And sometimes movies out. like this are just better then the trailers seem or better than you think it's going to be. And they just pull off something that you think, oh, there's no way this is going to be any good, but then it works. So yeah, I could see it. I could see it happening. Maybe it's worth checking out. Uh, we can definitely, definitely check that out. Um, last questions here are from Josh, the inquisitor. Um, and we will, this will be good to kind of get us into the movie reviews a bit. Um, so, Josh says, oh, hey, Taylor, in your opinion, was The Invitation a horror movie with a romance subplot or a romance movie with a horror subplot? I couldn't tell from the trailer. So they're trying to market it <laughs> as a horror movie with I, I wouldn't I don't even know if the romance subplot the marketers were trying to go for that but it definitely is like a romance movie with a horror subplot and I'll get into it in my review but it really did feel like a CW thing like a CW TV show and I think it would it would have made like a very good steamy CW supernatural hmm. TV series um interesting <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this doesn't sound great, Taylor. You're yeah, you're not, you're not giving me a lot of confidence in this. It's a very and like people who likes uh, the like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, um, uh, Riverdale. They know exactly mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. It's like its right, own right. genre of media, which, in my opinion, makes for good TV watching, like good streaming. But I don't know if it translates to a two-hour movie. You now, I, mean? I think, like, if I remember, though, didn't you like Sabrina? Didn't you think? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I like I oh, like that genre. Oh, you like, like that genre, but yeah, it's just specific. I just, okay. it's very specific. So, like, gotcha. it is, like, it's like the, um, 
horror is kind of secondary to the drama of the TV show. You know what I mean? Like, yes, the horror yeah, is not yeah, that scary, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like an added element. I don't know. Yeah. So like, even though sometimes Sabrina like was truly, uh, there were some moments and I stopped watching Riverdale, but I guess there's a season that like had like horror elements. I don't know. But anyways, mm. what I'm trying to say is it's a very specific genre that I don't think necessarily translates to the big screen. Like B movies, sure, like made for TV movie, made for Netflix movie, whatever. But like <laughs> to see this at a Cineplex in the summertime, I kind of was like, really? Like <laughs> And it yeah. is being marketed. It's being marketed as like a horror movie, and it's like no. <laughs> Why do you think we're seeing more and more of that though? Because we're like, okay, the, the marketing Bad here, marketing? obviously. Yeah. Well, no, I, I just the films coming out at times that I don't think match the tone of either. In this case, the trailers telling you one tone, and it's different. But we keep seeing these horror movies that come out not in October. I don't understand that. Like, I this know. This would be better timed for October. Like, this yeah. is a good movie if you get a group of girlfriends together. You guys don't really like horror, but like, it's October, so you want to see mm-hmm. a spooky movie. This for movie sure. is perfect for I want to see spooky movies. Yeah. Like, during, during October. And I bet you there are movies that I would go and see just because they're in, in October and they're yeah. spooky, as opposed to like, I don't want to see a scary movie in June. Like it just it just keeps happening where in March or June we get like these releases. And I know some people like for Nope, they were really trying to grab the the summer movie crowd. And because Nope isn't like really a horror movie, it's more of like a, a like a thriller kind of thing, but has like horror tones to it. But still, I feel like you're missing something by not putting your movie in October for, for these things. But yeah, I don't know. It's do just know? I'll get it, I'll like deep dive during my review but like weirdly placed movie Mm -hmm. yes josh is right the marketing is weird (laughs) like it's not i have the wrong image for it like this movie is just cursed (laughs) (laughs) it's not doing well at the box office yeah it's just doomed from the beginning (laughs) um okay uh josh's uh, last question here for me is uh mike who had the best performance in 3,000 Years of Longing? Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Um, who had the best performance? I mean, Idris Elba had more to do. So I think he he got more to kind of do within that. But I think, I don't know. Til, they're both so good. I love Tilda Swinton. Swinton. I yeah, love like, and Tilda Swinton played the character that she was playing like perfectly. There were like flawless performances really um so it would be hard to pick i think i think idris elba had more to do and had more to work with but i think tilda swinton did a lot with less to work with so probably tilda swinton would have to be my answer there here's a question Um, for you is idris elba on par with tilda swinton because for me like tilda swinton is like untouchable in terms of her acting. Yeah, She's Tilda like, Swinton top-tier. is top tier. I would say Idris Elba is probably a tier below, but held his own in this movie. Okay, good. Like I don't think it was it wasn't Tilda Swinton acting with Matt Damon. Right. Right? Like it wasn't that, but it was, you know, I think 
I don't think Idris Elba is is top tier. I think he would be maybe if we were to that'd be kind of a fun thing to do is try to tier actors. I think maybe he's a tier below, but he's still to me an Oscar worthy actor. He's always very good in every role he does. And like Tilda Swinton, one of the things that he does really well is no matter what type of movie he's in, he gives it his all. Because like Tilda Swinton does a movie like this, which is very much like uh, rooted in in deep mythology. And it's really like um, a closed off story between two people. And it's really densely written. And someone clearly cares about the content. And then she'll go and do a ridiculous like uh conan brothers movie um she was she played the character in that hail caesar movie where she was her own sister <laughs> she played the two roles like the two i can't remember like i think she worked for like a newspaper or whatever and her sister worked for another one um and she would play the two roles and they keep popping in and, out. and like that type of thing i think to me is what makes a good actor i don't you can think... give it your all in every type of movie that you're in i was gonna say i don't think i've ever seen like a more committed actor like yeah like tilda swinton well okay i think i've seen i think there's tons of people who are committed that don't have her talent like i would say tom cruise is a committed actor yeah he always throws himself he, in that's true he doesn't have her talent level though like he's, yeah, she can he's do it not she, can, in that she can throw yeah. herself in and it pays off yeah and one of the things that was really interesting is that you know how i mean this is kind of a it's a touchy subject to bring up but you know how in a lot of movies, especially over like the past 20 years or so, whenever uh, the race of a character is changed, people flip out right. from the original material. So when Doctor Strange came out and Tilda Swinton was cast as the like Sorceress Supreme, um, who, you know, kind of trains Doctor Strange a little bit um, and and the race was changed to Tilda Swinton, no one said anything because Tilda Swinton's so incredible that nobody, including the people who wrote the comics, cared. Because the performance was incredible. It was and no when Scarlett put, Johansson ghost in no, the No, it wasn't. No, everyone was just like, and yeah, it was like people saying like, oh, no, you can't have Scarlett Johansson being ghost in the shell. Okay, well, we're going to have uh, Tilda Swinton play the, the Sorcerer Supreme. Okay, yeah, sure. I didn't even yeah, know, that sounds good. I didn't know there was like a race, like race recasting. I yeah, I uh, any controversy. I mean, okay. The other thing that helps is that the comic books, especially for Doctor Strange, have gone through different iterations. But the right. most common and the, the longest running iteration, most of the sorcerers are actually of Asian descent. Um, so, like Wong's character, uh, Benedict Wong's character, like he who plays Wong, he's you know, correctly casted in that way. Um, and they, there was obviously runs of the comic book when that's not been true, where the Sorcerer Supreme and different characters have been different races. But traditionally, most of the sorcerers who trained Doctor Strange were, as, were of Asian descent. And I just only recently noticed that that is the only movie I can name when the race of a character was changed and nobody even spoke about it. Right. Like no one even said it because even you were saying for Bullet Train, which is a positive, like receiving positive reviews and that the um, the creator is fine with it. Other people were commenting yeah. that Brad Pitt was playing that role. Right. But it's no like, one said anything like about Tilda Swinton. The Japanese American Guild of mm -hmm. I'm going to get the I, I guess I shouldn't name something if I don't know the name of it. But yes, the Bullet Train's receiving backlash yeah. from. But I, I don't remember any backlash. Company. 
for for that. And I'm pretty sure people were just like, well, it's Tilda Swinton. So what are you going to do? Like, you're going to get the best performance ever. I don't want to get in trouble, but like, she's definitely like one of those people that like, doesn't even seem of this world. You know what I mean? Like, no, I totally agree. Like, there's just something very about androg- her that is very different. Androgynous, yeah. like, yeah. like chameleon. Like, yeah. seems in a way like stateless. Like, but that's does anyone know where think- she was, where she lives. I don't. Know. I don't even know where she lives or where she's from. But isn't that what makes her such a great actress? She's yeah. so like changeable and like can easily become part of the character. Like, it just adds to it. So yeah, it's it is incredible. To, to watch an actor like that. And I will say, again, like I said, I don't think Idris Elba is quite on her level, but I don't think he was embarrassed in this movie. Like, I think he good. had his own. I think he did a good job. Um, he had a lot to do. He did it very well. Definitely good performances all around. Cool. Take a sip of water there, almost uh, collapsed. Um, I've been like, I, I don't know. So I haven't had COVID, Taylor. Like, I'm the only human that I know. That hasn't had COVID. Like every human I know has had it multiple times, if if or once. Well, I um, haven't had it yet. Knocked on wood. You haven't had it really. Nope. Dan oh. and I have been in the clear. So Knock far. on wood. Jeez, I didn't know that. I swore you were sick a while ago, but maybe I'm. I just threw something. out my back. <laughs> had oh, nothing you to do. Your back. Had nothing that's to do with COVID. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. No, that's. I must have been. Confused. Okay, good. Well, good for you. We both yeah. haven't had COVID yet, but I I was coughing a bit today. And I think it's just from dry air. Like, it's actually quite dry where I am. Allergies. Um, yeah, and I think allergies are still kind of bumping in. But I've been trying to make sure it's not COVID. But we shall see. Um, yeah, so there, there you go. That's our fan questions. Just to remind people, um, for next week's episode, because we've been doing a lot of pre-records with guests, there won't be any fan questions, unfortunately, that are part of that episode. Um, you can try to write in this week, and I do encourage you to. If we can fit them in, if we find the time, we will. If not, we'll just save them for later in the month. So maybe go to a our mailbag episode. Yeah, maybe we'll do another mailbag. Like if, if people really want to write in, and I know people want to be part um, of the celebration, and we want you to be part of it as well. But time will definitely be uh, of the essence for this one. So um, go to our website, screeningandkingston.com. Email us at screeningandkingston at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from fans throughout the year you make this show for us that's kind of what uh, next week's really going to be about is celebrating the fans and all the great contributors that we've had to the show so definitely try to write in if you can and if we can't fit you in next week we promise we'll get your question in uh, before the end of the month in a mailbag episode um let's review some movies uh and also i want to i want to quickly mention some some tv streaming that i've been uh, engaging with taylor um this week so hopefully i'll have time at the end to to mention that we don't get to talk about tv that much um but let's let's review our movies let's start with the the invitation um because all the stills i found looked uh, similar so i have no idea who's in this movie or anything about it so i'm looking forward to your review <laughs> go, go ahead well speaking of covid there was someone <laughs> so i went on like World Cinema Day this past Saturday. Oh, so three dollars. Wasn't that tickets. incredible? Yeah, I I saw my movie in VIP for three dollars. Yeah, I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, dang. Yeah, I saw. Life. Yeah, yeah, I saw it on Instagram. I was so I couldn't believe that. Like, I couldn't believe that it was World Cinema Day. I saw something on socials about it and was like, yeah, I'm going to VIP to see my movie for three dollars because it was everything. It was it, no matter what movie you were seeing, no matter yeah. what 
type of movie. It was a $3 ticket. Yeah, and I think uh, Landmark did it, Cineplex did it. And they only announced it like a couple days before, as far wow. as I could tell. You know what I mean? I didn't hear anything. And then like the like Tuesday, I got an email from Cineplex being like, World Cinema Day. I was like, okay. Um, so I went to like a one o'clock showing to The Invitation. It's the second week it's been in theaters. It's not a very busy theater. And of course, <laughs> someone to my right, they weren't sitting directly beside me, but like, I want to say they were like, at the end of my row or maybe like a row in front of me hacking up a lung like the whole movie oh. <laughs> and i'm like if if i get covid from the invitation <laughs> i am gonna be so ticked this movie <laughs> was not man. good enough to risk covid over people <laughs> <laughs> and uh so anyway so far so good um, I'm on what, like day two post exposure. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see if I get COVID. Hopefully not. I'm like, I know I'm, I'm not an idiot. I realize that people can still get um, sick from other things. Like he could have yeah. had a cold, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But um, <laughs> are, don't we live, don't, doesn't, so hasn't social etiquette changed in such a way that if you are that, like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, oh, he's clearing his throat. He coughed the whole movie. That's ridiculous. So, you like, absolutely <laughs> need to not go to the movies if you are coughing up a lung. Like, <laughs> no, I was like, um, sir, sir, like, what's going on? So, anyways, so number one, I'm like sitting through this movie and I'm like, great, gonna get. <laughs> You're gonna get COVID for this movie <laughs> that's not doing well at the box office that I confuse with another movie yeah. and that is sounding not that great. Yeah. <laughs> so that's 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 no good. Great. So <laughs> this movie, like, okay, I am full disclosure. I'm going to spoil something because okay. it's important to how I do this review and and explain why I think it makes a good CW whatever. The movie is not good, people. So I don't think I'm going to break any hearts um, by revealing kind of the super supernatural element. So I even went on the Wikipedia to see how they described the movie. Um, and they're just describing it as um, a supernatural horror film. Okay. So this is a vampire movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay so that i'm gonna spoil it for people if you couldn't figure out in the first 30 minutes of the movie that it's a vampire movie like <laughs> that's on you okay <laughs> so you know it's um the premise of the movie is that this woman um it's she's an orphan she doesn't know any of her extended family and so she does a dna test and through the DNA test, she finds a second cousin who lives in England. He says, oh, I'm going to be in New York. Let's meet up. And so she says, okay. <laughs> and so they get together. And upon meeting, he says, well, another one of our cousins is getting married in England. Um, let me pay for, you know, all-inclusive trip. Let's go to England and you can meet the extended family. Hence the invitation, right? She's invited okay. to this family wedding. Okay. <laughs> So already you're like pretty cheesy. It's, it's this movie is cheesy. This movie is silly. It's not particularly scary. There are scary moments. I think they were really trying to cash into. So we've I've talked a lot about the haunting of Hill House, 
uh, The Haunting of Blythe Manor. Um, oh, the other one he did, Midnight Mass. This It's the same director. He's been working with Netflix. So these are all very good extended series, kind of like American Gothic. You know, um, I'm a fan of what that filmmaker is doing. And even though um, I think Haunting of Hill House is probably his best one, all three of those series are pretty good. And it's very atmospheric, right? Mm-hmm. So this movie felt like they were trying to do Haunting of Hill House. So kind of that mystery, you know, she's learning about her family, but there's there's hidden secrets. She doesn't know everything. She's in this beautiful manor house, but strange things are happening. The family, you know what I mean? So kind yeah. of mystery element. Right. Spoiler alert. The mystery is that it's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so it feels like, so they're trying to do all this stuff and it's like, it's a CW show. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh just lean into what you are, right? I think if they just really leaned into that kind of cheesy, corny, um, a little bit campy, I think it would have been um, completely different and a lot more fun. Like, was the movie horrible? Yes. <laughs> did, did, yes. I, <laughs> did I still have an okay time? I had an okay time watching it. You know what I mean? Right, right. I, like, it was fine. Like, if I went to go see this in October with some girlfriends, um, like a late night showing, I think I would have had a lot of fun. And it really is kind of that, the the romance, you know what I mean? Like, the the owner of the manor house is wooing her. And, like, all of these things are like, girlfriend, this is all too good to be true, obviously. You know what I mean? Like, the cheese factor is to 100. Um, <laughs> and yet they're playing it like it's kind of like a straight horror movie. And it's like, this isn't a straight horror movie. This is a cheesy vampire romance that should <laughs> be on in this movie. Like, is there anyone <laughs> recognizable in this or like, is um, it really like B movie? The female lead is Natalie Emmanuel. So. Oh, really? Has... From Game of Thrones? Yes. Yes. Wow. She's really, she's good. Like, I think she, she's, she was, she was funny. Actor. Like she was like, um, she was a good lead. And that was like the, the movie has horrible reviews, but they have said like, she's she did a good job she was like the best Mm -hmm. part of the movie and she's young too like she's not she's i I don't know she's done a little bit since game of it but she's pretty young like she's got she is 33 okay yeah yeah um and then the kind of i guess you could say like the romantic lead opposite to her is his name is thomas doherty um and Right now, he's starring on Gossip Girl, which again tells you everything you need to know about the caliber (laughs) of this Gossip Girl. Of this movie, like it felt like you're watching Gossip Girl with vampires. Like you're like, okay, which again, guys, (laughs) there is nothing wrong with that. I'm the first person to admit I like a cheesy vampire romance, but like, be what you are. You know what I mean? Like, don't try to be like a serious horror movie when really all you are is a CW cheesy vampire romance, right? So um, Thomas Doherty, he gave me a lot of um, young Jonathan Reese Myers, like in terms of um, look, in terms of acting. Jonathan Reese Myers actually uh, starred for one season in the short-lived Dracula TV series, which I thought 
was amazing and got canceled after one season. So again, hello, first person to say, give me all the cheesy vampire series. That name's familiar I, too. What did John he do Harris, other than? He also did um, the King Henry with uh, Natalie. The Tudors. Yes. 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 Yeah. So he's yeah. most he, well okay. known for I know the who Tudors. He is. Yeah. Um, and like this young guy, this Tom Thomas Doherty, like exact same vibe. You know what I mean? Like you could right, have right. cast Jonathan Rhys Myers or him, it, you wouldn't tell the difference. I um, think the Tudors of the genre you're describing, the Tudors is the only one that I liked. Like that, I that I actually remember watching several seasons of of the Tudors. Yeah, like it's, of that genre of like it's a little like much, but still, it that was that I think that was the best one of the. The romance genre is called bodice rippers. <laughs> so like, wait, what? Bodice rippers, you know, bodice like rippers. Historical okay. fiction. Anyways, this isn't okay. necessarily historical fiction. So the movie, like the movie, had a fairly good premise. Like, was it cheesy? Yes, but like pretty good, like mythos and like very heavily influenced by dracula and i think if they had time to and then they set up the movie where like there could be a sequel there's never going to be a sequel for this movie (laughs) but i thought like oh this is where season two would start you know what i mean like gotcha i think if they i really could see this as an eight episode 40 minute netflix series like joint produced with cw and if you just like really lean into the cheese, lean into the romance, you know, lean into the bo- bodice ripping, um, I think they would have a fairly good product on their hands. But instead, they tried to make like a relatively serious, or like not serious, but they like were trying to make a horror movie, like a super. Well, like you're horror. saying, you think they took it too seriously. Yeah, like I think they're like we're yeah. haunting, we're we're the haunting of Hill House. It's like no, 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 mm. you're chilling adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and that's okay. Right, right. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, because people love those shows. Like yeah. that's a big genre, and people love it. So maybe these filmmakers just felt they were too highbrow for it, or something. I don't know. I, and maybe I'm completely <laughs> off. Like maybe the film makers, like the writer and the director, like maybe they were going for that CW kind of more romance. But, but like Josh brought up in his fan question, it's not being marketed that way. Right. So right. it's being marketed as like she gets invited to a house and like we don't know the supernatural like dimension of what's going on in this house. And it's like marketing can really impact your thoughts going into a movie. And like, that's why I don't even show. think from what I've seen, like I don't think they show the romantic lead like in the in the trailer i don't know i could be wrong but anyways yeah this was (laughs) so it's so hard to it's really mike this is one of those movies i don't know every once in a while we get these movies where i'm like i don't know how to rate this (laughs) because like (laughs) is there somewhere out is there someone out there who will like this movie most definitely (laughs) right but like 100% 100% this is not a see it don't run out to theaters to see this movie I mean there's nothing playing so if you really want to go to the movies <laughs> I guess this is your only well, option I mean again but... the idea of these ratings Taylor is like would you recommend it to somebody and if not it's a skip it and if you would it where does it fall on well it's I recommend def- it but <laughs> it's a stream it like stream it yeah <laughs> it's a stream it like but just like know that you're not getting into like a horror movie 
there's like a couple jump scares. Um, nothing too grotesque. I don't. It's not very gory. Like it's very mm-hmm. like entry level vampire gore. Like you do see someone get bit, um, and someone gets their neck sliced. But like for a vampire movie, like very entry level. Like right. not nothing worse than Interview with the Vampire. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the, so, um, this movie know. there was enough though in it for you that you were like you can see entertainment value in. Yeah. It. And yeah. you just think that really the biggest issue was they kind of missed the mark on the tone a bit. Yeah, the tone <laughs> like was way off. That. And I think yeah. truly, like, a lot of... I, I was, while I was watching this, Mike, I thought, has streaming ruined me for the two-hour movie format? Like, am has I it? just... <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, am I just like... You know, like, because, like, would I... But then I'm like... No, because we still binge. You know what I mean? Like, if this was a TV series, I probably would sit down for two hours and watch two hours worth of episodes of this. So I think, like, yeah, like, I, so I'm like, oh, would I, like, you know, am I just spoiled and think everything should be a TV series? No, because we watched some TV series and we think that would have made a better movie. You know what I mean? This would have made a better TV series, 100%. Mm. And Mm. I don't think Mm. it's me just ruined by two years two and a half years of streaming at least that's yeah. what i'm telling myself that's what you're telling yourself. okay <laughs> make myself feel better but um yeah. yeah it's a stream it but fully like it's silly guys but that's the thing about vampires to me vampires aren't horror like i love everyone knows anyone who's listened to the show for the past four years knows i love vampires but to me it's not scary you know what i mean like it's titillating like it's spooky but like i don't yeah like once i know it's a vampire the stakes are off you know what i mean mm. no no mm. pun intended stakes yeah but uh stakes. oh that's good yeah <laughs> I guess that. that's good that's good <laughs> like to me vampires just make a really good story so anyone who yeah. likes vampires and romance will probably get a kick out of it. But like, this is not, this isn't even a thriller, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I'm st- the, the stakes. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Um, okay, cool. So there you go. I stream it. There's some, some things in there. And I think from your description, though, I think people will know who are listening if that movie's for them or not. Well, once, um, and maybe honestly wait to stream it in October. Yeah, and once people hear like romance, like people automatically like grown zone anyways. You know what I mean? Like right, if someone right. there's always gonna be that segment of the population where they like, oh, romance, eh. So like pass. <laughs> but like yeah, those yeah. people who do like vampires and do like romance, yeah, I think you'll get a kick out of it. It's not yeah. yeah try it mm-hmm. out in October. Wait till October Give though. <laughs> Give it a shot, but wait till October. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, okay, so my my movie, Three Thousand Years of Longing, is the I just movie I discovered last week when you brought it up. Yeah. Um, so I went my, to check uh, it out. My uh, public service for the month. Yes, you, you told off. me about this movie, uh, and I went, okay, cool, I'll go see that. And then when I saw the three dollar tickets for for VIP, I thought, yeah, I'll have some lunch and I'll watch this film. Here's the question, um, though, Mike: Did you have to pay yeah. more for the lunch? 
Uh, no, like it was the same. I mean, you do have to pay for the lunch. Right, because um, you're but like ordering the, like, off a menu. Exactly. Yeah, it's the same prices. Like they didn't do anything with the prices. So really like, but it's the same. Like the menu is not in, too in crazy. Like what I had, you know, a sandwich and some fries would have cost me the same anywhere. Right. So right. a $3 movie and then I'm probably going to eat anyway. So might as well treat myself to something. So it wasn't too bad. Um, and again, like I'm not, a, I'm not a big drinker so i'm not like i'm i'm the type of person that like if i'm around other people and everyone else has a drink maybe i'll have one with like friends but one and i'm when i buy myself i'm just gonna have water like i don't care so it, to me it's a very cheap day for me because yeah. it was just lunch and a three dollar movie ticket so it to me it was very very worth it i think it's when you get into a you know you have a couple drinks well that can get expensive because that's you know that's what makes vip so expensive um, but this movie, one, I got to say, not really a lunch movie, <laughs> not really a movie that you sit down and you have a little lunch and you pop on a movie and you're entertained for a couple hours. Um, not, not really uh, that, that kind of movie. Um, so this movie is directed by George Miller. Uh, as we know, it stars Idris Elba uh, and Tilda Swinton. And like Taylor described last week, Idris Elba plays a genie who is found by Tilda Swinton. And can grant her three which wishes, and um, a there's a little bit what a premise, but there's more to it because he's and this isn't really spoilers because it's it's right at the beginning of the movie. He's basically another race from the past that used to exist that are these kind of magical beings because the whole movie or most of the movie, it's not like a, a fish out of water story. It's not, you know, Idris Elba is now following around Tilda Swinton in her life and she, you know, makes changes and things happen. It's much more like the first half of the movie and the second half of the movie are two completely different movies. The first half of this movie, the first hour is basically flashbacks and him explaining like they're storytellers. His race is storytellers. They thrive on telling stories and they thrive on hearing stories. So how he communicates is by telling stories. So he tells her the three times in the past that he's been trapped in a bottle and how he got there. Um, and it's all connected to love and emotions and um, the ancient history. Like they go back to Istanbul multiple times. They talk about kind of the history and the evolution of where things came from, where things were and kind of his his role through time in all these things, which is, which is kind of interesting. Um, but then the second half of the movie is, is a, a non quirky romance movie. That's not romantic, not funny. And just sort of happens. I was really digging the first half of this movie. I thought it was really cool what they were doing. I thought the storytelling element, I couldn't see where, where they were going. That was something that I was kind of worried about. I was watching. I was like, I have no idea where they're going with this. But all the cinematography and the production design and going into the past was so well done that it was quite entertaining. Like all the stuff that he was explaining about all these people that he would meet and why he grants wishes and what it means and the history of his race and why it's important to to kind of grant have your wishes. Because he's also trying to convince her to actually make wishes. Um, because as we've known from history and from seeing people write about various wishes, it's all in her mind. It's every time you make wishes, it goes wrong. Right. Every she's not time. an idiot. There's, no, she's actually, she's a, she's a scholar. Um, 
who sort of admits her her imagination runs away with her. But I think she was the type of person that is ready and more willing to accept this right away. There wasn't a long transition of him being a chief. There wasn't like having to convince her or anything. She was more willing to accept and believe because of who she is. Um, But it's the movie then just completely switches tone. Like it, you could swear the second hour of the movie is a completely different movie where she wants a relationship with him and basically is keeping him as a genie slave and love slave to to fulfill her life. And that's pretty much what happens in the movie. The movie just kind of abruptly ends, which I'm not going to talk about the ending too, too much. Sorry, Mike, just for clarification. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah. The genie is her love slave, right? Yeah, yeah, Idris Elba. And yeah. against his will? No, well, she she makes it a wish. So, <laughs> uh, like, that's her first wish of three. And really the whole premise of the movie, and I won't explain why, because the why is kind of part of the spoilers, is there's a reason why he requires three wishes to be made eventually. Um, so it it ends up being... You know, it ends up being a weird situation where you're not 100% sure. Um, now, he seems to, again, see, it's weird, though, because she wished it. So anything that he seems to be into is like, well, she wished for this. So that's why weird. it is a little strange. It's and that's weird. why I'm saying the second half of the movie is completely different than the first. Because the first half of the movie is intriguing. It moves really well, even though it's just three consecutive almost long like an, flashbacks. An anthology. It's interesting. It sounds almost yes. like an anthology movie. Here is Idris Elba's character in three points in history showing, really it's showing the, the progression of, of Constantinople as, as a city. Like that's really what you're seeing. And it's, it is quite fascinating. And the cinematography is, is wonderful. But the second half of the movie is so strange that I'm not, I'm still not 100% sure what the point was that they were trying to make. Um, is this uh, an original script? Yeah, I believe it's based on a short story. Okay. I believe is what I saw. So it's based on some short story that was then expanded to be to be a movie. And again, the it you know it's a pretty much a two hour long movie. I'm not going to say the movie doesn't move well. Like it 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 does. It just I I'm so confused as to what happened, and I'm so confused as to what was going on in that second half of the movie that it did make me leave the movie and and kind of feel. That, that feeling of, okay, then, that I keep referencing on this show of, okay, I guess that was fine, and then I, I'm going to move on with my life. Um, yeah, you'll but the never, first half of the movie was fantastic. You'll so never watch strange. this movie again, pretty much, right? Had, had, exactly. Had the movie continued along, okay, he tells these three stories, and maybe she tells some sort of story, and we see a flashback from her perspective, and there's some sort of point to the wishes that we learn as to why she makes the certain wishes she does. And there's some sort of poeticness to it. I might have left the movie theater being like, wow, that was a pretty good movie and really gets elevated by the acting. But I just felt like it fell flat completely. Um, and, and the second half and first half of the movie did not complement each other as, as well as this was performed Two amazing performances. These are two fantastic actors. You're not going to see too many performances, I think, that match these. Um, I can understand why this movie was dumped near the end of the summer 
as opposed to in the middle of award season, because it's kind of forgettable, which is a shame. Um, it's one of these movies that borderlines the, the sort of stream it and see it, but I don't think is an airplane movie because I don't think there's anything like for me, what needs to be an airplane movie, I don't think exists in here. So really it's either you're going to enjoy this a little bit on at home, probably the first half of the movie. And then you might like the second half of the movie, but maybe not. And then, you know, or is it a skip it? Um, so I'm, I'm going to reluctantly give it a stream it because I do think these are two amazing acting performances. And if you like that, you're going to enjoy the movie. If you're interested in history and you kind of like flashing back to a different time, you're probably going to like most of the aspect, aspects of it. There's a few kind of weird things that happen, but whatever. The movie is still pretty good at the first half. The second half, I don't think hits the mark. Whatever they were trying to say and whatever they were trying to do didn't work. I'm, so. look, I'm looking at George Miller's filmography because I'm like, wow, this movie just seems weird. But because like he's he's Mad Max. That's like Mad what Max, I know. Yeah. George, That's his big thing. George yeah. But he directed The Witches of Eastwick, which has like that supernatural element. You know what I mean? Like mythos. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, not weird here's where it gets weird mike i had no idea that he wrote and produced babe one of the best (laughs) movies from my childhood he then directed wrote and produced babe pig in the city Mm -hmm. and he did happy feet one and two so Mm -hmm. i guess this movie (laughs) isn't that weird (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, he's, George Miller's very interesting uh, directorial history. That is Um, so, to go from Mad Max to Babe? Yeah. (laughs) Well, again, that, like, the first half of this movie seemed like a piece of art. Well-crafted. Yes, it was different. It's not for everybody. But even for someone like me, me who doesn't necessarily see this, I thought I was seeing, like, a relatively you know, good awards bait movie, but is a little bit more focused on two actors. We're going to put two actors in a room. They're going to tell stories to each other. They're going to be in those stories and you're going to see some really great gravitas. Like that's what the first half was. Great cinematography, great, you know, storytelling aspects, great flashbacks, really excellent. Like all the, all the actors, even though not the famous ones, everyone playing all the people from the past. Excellent. But then the movie just, becomes a, a, a real weird mess and i'm not 100 percent sure what he was trying to, to do um so yeah it, I'm, I'm giving it a stream it because there's two amazing acting performances and the first hour of the movie is a see it and the second hour of the movie is a skip it so we'll just call it a stream it okay. <laughs> for, for those purposes um so very quickly just a few minutes left here very very quickly i wanted to just mention um, that I've been tuning in to the um, new Game of Thrones series, House of the Dragon, mm-hmm. which is sort of a prequel series. On HBO Max? On HBO, HBO Max and HBO, and I get it on Crave. That's how I can watch it. Right. It's um, Crave. And I've also watched the first two episodes of the new Lord of the Rings series, The Ring of Power. Horrible name, um, by the way. Yes, yes. Um, and and uh, I've also... Uh, been I've been very much enjoying uh, the latest Marvel TV show, She-Hulk, which you will hear a little bit more. We're going to do a Marvel update as part of our big episode next week. 
Um, so you'll hear a little bit more about that next week. But I just wanted to give a quick kind of very quick review for, for this, some of these streaming ones because they're popular. I'm really enjoying The House of the Dragon. It The first three episodes really impressed me. I, I was still sour about how Game of Thrones ended. I thought that last season was abysmal and is like if you if you worked on that last season, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like that's just laziness to the core. Um, the, these first three episodes have been phenomenal. Like the actors are all incredible. Um, the the person who I recognize so far the most is Matt Smith. Yeah, he is a was, Doctor yeah, Who. Doctor Who, yes, um, and he he's great in it and actually all the actors are just incredible the performances are great i'm really enthralled and into the story they're doing a slow burn really really well which i like to see but there's also a lot of action and intrigue so it's really great game of thrones fans you will love it definitely check it out um and then the ring rings of power um you know it's the first two episodes have been receiving a lot of criticism i'm kind of okay with the series to start it is definitely the most expensive TV series to ever be produced. You can tell. It looks like it costs a fortune. <laughs> oh, yeah. It costs a fortune. Um, but I do, I do, there's a couple, you know, there's a couple characters that I like in storylines. They kind of did it in a very Game of Thronesy way where you jump from kind of character to section to section. Whereas House of Dragons, more of a narrative around one family. There's not jumping around like Game of Thrones did. Whereas this Lord of the Rings show is a little more like, we're going to go visit these elves and then these humans and then we'll go over here to to you know these hobbits and like talk and see what each of them are doing. And so far, I'm you know I'm intrigued. I'm not as into it as I am with House of Dragon, but I'm willing to give them a full season to see where they go with this because it definitely looks great. Um, but I do think that it, it's a slow burn in a bit of a bit of a not so great way. Um, so we'll we'll kind of see how that goes. But I and then She Hulk. I, I've really been enjoying, and we'll talk a little bit more the about that The internet's hating week. it. I know the internet's hating it. I don't 100% know why, because I think I've been entertained. Well, I think uh, you know why, Mike. So well, okay. <laughs> well, okay. I don't understand why. I, I, I can see and read why, but I don't, I, you know, I don't get where they're coming from. I think it's a great show. I think that it's well, well acted, well casted. Um, really interesting, intriguing, but we'll talk more about that next week. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to some streaming TV things that that I've seen recently to, to stay current, talk a little bit about current stuff. Um, but that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody. We're really looking forward to hearing and, and us finishing what we've got planned for next week um, and the subsequent weeks to come uh, as we celebrate four years of screening in Kingston and launch into the really busy movie awards season i'm really excited for so thank you everybody for listening this week go see some movies thank you for listening to the screening in kingston podcast recorded at cfrc at queen's university in kingston ontario queen's university sits on the traditional lands of the hananoshabi and anashabi peoples we would like to thank the faculty of engineering and applied sciences and the cfrc podcast network